السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد all praise due to almighty allah the sustainer nourisher and cherisher of the universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader nabi muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam Here there are several du'as from Qur'an Sharif and the Ahadith Mubarakah. So we'll just mention few. Number one, when a person is ill and sick, then read Surah Fatiha, Alhamdu, seven times, and then blow. If that person is so ill that he or she does not have the energy, then you read it and blow on them. And thereafter, remember, you can read Surah 21, Surah Anbiya, verse number 83, the dua of Nabi Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam, Anni masaniya durru wa anta arhamur rahimeen. O Allah, a calamity has struck me, and whilst you are the most merciful one to show mercy, Surah 21, verse 83, Likewise, Surah 21, verse 87, La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. So these are all du'as one should try and read from the Qur'an Sharif. From the Ahadith Mubarakah we find regarding those people who are sick, Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Da'wu mardakum bi sadaqah. They had to give some dawa and medication for those who are ill in the form of charity. So we take out 50 cents, one rand a day. We take out a loaf of bread, a half loaf of bread, and we give it out. So all that will be excellent because, remember, these are the different, different ways to invoke and attract the mercy of Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala. So that is what people should do. regarding those who are sick if they are very very sick then we will tell you which dua to read but if they are just sick and they can't manage reading salat then these are the duas they should read themselves when the when the condition deteriorates what should be read when the condition of that person deteriorates and gets worse Now the doctors are saying they cannot do anything. Then what should you read? The hadith is mentioned in Mishkat Sharif. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Read this dua for that person. Allahumma in kanatil hayatu khayral lahu fa'ahihi. Oh Allah, if life is better for him, then give that person life. وَإِنْ كَانَتِ الْوَفَاةُ خَيْرًا لَوْهُ فَتَوَفَّهُ Ya Allah, if death is better, then give death. Remember, this will be for the male. For the female, Allah, مَنْ كَانَتِ الْحَيَاةُ خَيْرًا لَهَا So you will just change the pronouns from لَهُ to لَهَا and so forth. So that is the best word to read when people are very sick. Remember in Islam, 
We don't allow euthanasia. We don't allow mercy killing. You can't just give injection or poison and just kill the person. It's haram to do that. So therefore we say, we leave the ball in the court of all Allah. Ya Allah, whatever you decide, what is best. If the life is better, give him life. If death is better, give him death. So that is what we should always realize and remain positive with all Allah Jalla Wala. We have a caller on the line. Hello, Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Your question? Gee, I just asked Mufti Sahib, when you read your Tufti Subhanallah, do you read it after your first namaz or after you complete your namaz? And the second question is, I want to know when, uh, sometimes I don't make it to make, uh, to get up for the so I read it after Isha, do I read it after Victor or after the Fadaz uh, and Sunnah? Jazakallah to our sister for the questions. Remember that regarding the first one, it's best to read all the tasbih, everything after the first salat, and thereafter you continue with your sunnah and nafil and so forth. But if you delay it and read everything after your sunnah nafil, that also is permissible. But if you study the ahadith, then you will find that it is immediately after the first salat. Second one will be that, mashallah, that you're reading tahajjud, and now sometime you can't wake up or you know that you are very tired. So you read it before you go and sleep after your isha. So read all your isha salat, the sunnats, then the nafil, everything. And before the witr salat, then you read two rakats, four rakats, six, eight rakats. Read them in twos. It is the best salat to layli mathna mathna. The hadith say the night salat is best in twos and you make salam. And in that way you make intention of tahajjud. And then you read witr and then you go and sleep. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu taught us authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim. Ij'alu akhira salatikum billayli witra. Make the last salat at night the witra salat. During the last moments, what should be done? Remember when that person now is right in his or her last moments, the sickness is now on the verge of ending, and this person now is a mehman, is a guest now. So we should try and teach and educate him already. He should be reading that person who is ill and sick. Allahumma inni ala sakaratil maut. Allahumma inni ala sakaratil maut. O Almighty Allah, you help me against the pains and the pangs of death. Allahumma inni ala ghamaratil maut. Both words Nabi alayhi salam use. Ya Allah, you help me, you assist me against. They're going into coma, unconsciousness during the time before death and so forth. So all these duas are masnoon and sunnah, the hadith mentioned in Mishkat Sharif, Mustadi Ahmed. Allahumma inni ala sakaratil maut. Allahumma inni ala ghamaratil maut. And you, the people, the family, the wife, the children, brothers, sisters who are sitting, then, laqinu mawtaakum bila ilaha illallah. That what you should do, that remind that person regarding the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 
and man kana akhiru kalami la ilaha illallah dakhal jannah whosoever's last speech is the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah enter jannah so that's a very very good sign that that is now you don't instruct that person and command him but you remind him how you remind him you start reading la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah once you see that that person's lips have moved and he was reading a kalima, then you stop. Don't engage that person in worldly discussions and so forth. This team won and this team lost. The euro is going, this is the euro rate and this is the dollar rate and this is the rupee rate. So the person now is getting connected to Allah. Don't bring the worldly things inside. So therefore we should remember that we should try and observe properly what needs to be read on which occasion. So in this occasion here, when that person is in the last stages, he should be reading Allahumma inni ala sakaratil maut. And me and you who are there next to that person read La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah to remind that person, not commanding and instructing that person. And remember, we should all be reading the dua of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salatu salam, Surah 12, verse 101. O Almighty Allah, let me pass away as a Muslim, and you unite me and join me with the pious and great servants of yours, Ya Allah. So that is what we should aspire for. After death, what should be done? Now that person closes his eyes and you know that he or she has passed away and you are there, so go and close the eyes properly. Many a time the eyes are closed but half or the eyes remain open because the eyes are looking at where the ruh is going, the soul and the spirit is going. But then it snaps off. It doesn't have the strength to come back, meaning to close the eyes so it remains open. So me and you are there. Go there, close that person's eyes and say, Bismillah wa ala millati Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Bismillah, so remember in the name of Almighty Allah, wa ala millati Rasulillah, that is on the religion of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that is what you do whilst closing the eyes of the deceased before the ghusl and giving the bathing the deceased. Similarly, you take the big toes and you fasten them so the feet don't go wide apart and so forth. Then the body gets cold, then to fasten it is very difficult. So you should try and ensure the eyes are closed, the mouth are closed, mouth is closed, the, the big toes of the right foot and left foot are together. You take a cloth and then you cover the disease with that. Mustafa Habibuna وسلم, passed away. And then we find Sayyidina Bakr was gone to Awali, the outskirts of Medina, and heard about it. When he came, he removed the cloth from the Mubarak countenance and face of Mustafa وسلم, kissed the Master والسلام, and said, Tipta wa Ya Rasulullah, your life was so pure and your death Mubarak is also pure. 
The death also is good for this ummah because Nabi alayhi salam said, Hayati wa mamati khayrul lakum. My life is good for you and my demise is also good for you. So it shows that Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam made so much dua for those who were ruled after Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam. Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh, Sayyidina Usman radiallahu anh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anh, Amir Mu'awiyah radiallahu anh, so all Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu anh, each one of them is a sahabi, illustrious companion and student of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam. So the master alayhi salatu salam is teaching us that which type of duas we should be reciting and on which occasions as well. What are the signs of a good death? There are various signs that this person, inshallah, died with iman and all Allah will protect him or her. For example, the first one is a person dies with iman on a Friday. Man tawafahu Allah yawm al-jumu'ah awlay lata waqahu Allah min fitnat al-qabr. The day of Friday, the night of Friday, what we call Thursday night, that person passes away. All Allah jalla wala will then protect that person from the punishment and torment of the grave. This is authentic hadith, remember, in Tabarani and various other compilations as well. Then we find Al-Mu'minu Yamu to be Arakil Jabin, the true believer, he passes away with a perspiration year on his forehead. I remember I was there when my father, mother both passed away and the amount of perspiration. So for a Muslim, remember that's a very good sign because that is a rahmah and a mercy of all Allah enveloping, encompassing that person. And for a non-Muslim, when they perspiring, it is punishment and adab. The hadith in Mishkat Sharif, Bulughul Maram, Muslim Ahmad, various compilations. Likewise, when a person passes away as a shaheed, shaheed is not confined to fighting the enemy in the battlefield. Shaheed, Nabi alayhi salam said, Al-Ghariqu Shaheedun, a person who is burnt, remember his body is now beyond recognition, is shaheed. And you see, Al-Ghariqu Shaheedun, people who drown, they are shaheed. Likewise, you find Sahibul Batni Shaheed, people who pass away with stomach diseases and illness, cholera and so forth, so they, and they pass away with Iman, so they are Shaheed, good sign. Fourth one, Sahibul Hadmi Shaheed, that those people involved in accidents, the wall falls on them, and they, you know, knock into something inadvertently and so forth. So remember, in cases like that, all these are good signs. We live in South Africa and remember that we know the crime rate, hijacking and so forth. Now the crook comes. He wants to steal your money and your assets. You kill him. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man kutila duna ahli fawa shaheed. That if they kill you, the crooks, then you die a shaheed. And an martyr. And if you kill them, the crooks, the hijackers and so forth, then they are finar because they are the zalims and the oppressors. So that is how Islam works. And remember everything to do with justice as well. Who should give the ghusl to the deceased? 
Remember that nowadays in most towns and cities they have the burial committee or, you know, the people, the burial team. So they will give, men will give the men, women will give the women. However, this does not mean that that is compulsory. If the family, they say, no, we want to give the gusel, it's the last time now they're going to see their father or mother or brother or sister. So they say the family, they want to give gusel, so the imam, the trustee, should be magnanimous as well and give them that permission that, fine, you go ahead or take one, two members of the burial committee and then four, five of you, six of you, then you should be there and then you'll give the gusel. Here I want to highlight three, four important issues. Many a time, whilst we are giving gusel to the deceased, bathing the deceased, then they use this white calico material to cover the aura, the privates and that. Now you know very well that once that gets wet, then remember it is see-through and transparent, you can see everything. So that is not permissible. So what we should do is use a dark color, brown, gray, black or whatever, and in that way there, when the water touches it, that touches that material and cloth, then it will not be see-through and transparent. So that's an important word of advice. Remember, no one is allowed to see the thighs, the privates, all that of the deceased person. So we need to take cognizance of that as well. Next issue here, when giving gusel, we should not have small, small children there and so forth, and they start crying and weeping and performing. So we must remember this is serious business. We are giving the deceased a gusel, and then we will apply the kafur, the kemfer, in mawadi is sujood, and that is on his forehead, on his hands, on his, you know, knees, and on the feet and so forth. So all the places that person made sajdawa, so that lumps or all that you put the camphor there and so forth and that is the sunnah Nabi alayhi salatu salam approved of it and is permissible likewise we should remember that reading giving this gusel and kafan and so forth is a very very good action and the people who do this all Allah will bless them bless them istabraq so it means that they will get the garments made of silk and so forth, especially if they saw something that is a defect or whatever on that may it, but they did not disclose it to other people. So that alone is a great, great reward for the people who gave the gusel and shrouded that may it and the deceased. So we should not shy away from these type of avenues. After the gusel, must one take a bath? That's a very good question. Now this person passed away. Hafez Yusuf Manak, myself, ABC, we gave gusel to that person. Now me and Hafez Yusuf Manak, that we are alive. Must we go and take gusel? Yes, it is mustab, sunnah. But not mandatory or compulsory. It's not compulsory because you gave gusel, now you have to make gusel. But we will say that it is something desirable and recommended. How many coffins will be used? Remember that according to all the scholars, four schools, that when you speak of a male, then you will have three pieces of the coffin for the male. And for the female, you will have five pieces. However, 
After that, in the amount they all agree, but in the details, remember there they have differences. The Hanafis say that you put the first piece and it will come to below the knees, and then you put the second piece and that will come to the feet, and then the third one, the lifafa, so that will cover the whole body from head to toe and keep extra on both sides. However, the, the Shafis and them say, no, that for the men you call three pieces, and all three pieces will be long, like that lifafa, and that is how you cover the person. So these are academic discussions and so forth. So what we need to do is the people who are doing this, the gusel, the kafan, and so forth, that they are the ones you can consult, and they will assist you because they have experience of janaza all the time. Uh, how should the mayat be placed? So we will say the gusal after giving gusal to the deceased, remember for us today gusal is sunnah and not mandatory. And kafan for the men will be three and for the woman will be five. So you the women, remember you keep five pieces. And remember Nabi alayhi salam's hadith in Tirmidhi, وَكَفِّنُوا فِيهَا مَوْتَاكُمْ It is not compulsory, but better desirable you use white material and not such expensive material, the normal material and you the heirs make sure that all these things are paid and don't just say no he did it so he's fine so that is being ungrateful go to that person say that that day when my mother or auntie or sister whoever passed away so you were there you know you know that to the people who were there at that time so it shows that what we should do is that when we are speaking of the coffin for the ladies, it will be five, for the men it will be three, and we should tell them that they should use white material and not expensive, expensive material. They say, therefore, say, no, Bakr Siddiq, when the coffin time came, so now before that, when he's alive already, he told them that don't use expensive one. Expensive one is for those who are going to love, and we are, will be dead and will be deceased. So use the one that is cheap and so forth. So all these are lessons for us. Is it true we must ask for forgiveness from the mayat after giving khusal? Remember that this is our Indian custom is a fairy tale that there's no such thing like that in Islam. That now you tell that the mayat we asking you forgiveness. Forgiveness you must ask in lifetime, not after the person has died and so forth. After the person died, then you make du'a. You read Salatul Janaza, you make du'a. The best du'a for the deceased is Surah 14, verse 41. Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 41. Rabbana fili waliwalidiya walil mu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab. Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me, forgive my beloved parents and the believers. The day the reckoning is established. So that's a wonderful, pious, comprehensive dua. Who should be in a room after the ghusl is done? Remember that after the ghusl is done, if it is a female, then the females can be there and there's no problem. But if the deceased is a male, then the females, you remember, must not be in that room there. They should be taken to the other rooms and only those ladies who are, like he's a mahram for them. So, for example, his sisters or his daughters or his wife and so forth. So they should be his mother. They can be in the room, grandmother and so forth. Not all and sundry are there. And, you know, one more important issue I want to highlight 
night is this, that after we gave Gusal to the deceased, we gave Kafan the shrouding, so how should that Mayid be placed? Remember, you can do any one of the two, and that is both permissible. That number one, you place the Mayid there in the room, and you put the head slightly tilted towards the Qibla, so that is excellent. Another way of doing it is that you take the feet and now the feet, you know, you gave Gusul Kafan, so now you put the feet in the direction of the Qibla, so the whole body then will be facing Qibla. The first way, only the face will be facing Qibla. In the second one, remember the whole body will be facing, so all this are acceptable and permissible, don't make these big issues for nothing. And it brings us to the end of today's program. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.